right, if you have your uh, Bibles, turn over to the book of the Revelation. We're going to be looking at Revelation uh, chapter number 20. And we're going to be looking at uh, a description. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this real quick. This is not going to be a popular sermon. And I'm going to tell you why. And the reason for it is, is that a lot of churches won't preach hell no more. Amen? Amen. I'm here to tell y'all something today, church. Y'all hear me now. Listen to me when I, when I say this before I get into it. Hey, hell's real, and it ain't the party that all of them make it out to be on TV. And that crowd out there cussing and carrying on the street out there telling each other to go there, they ain't got no clue of what they're condemning those people to. Amen. I've heard somebody over there, uh, matter of fact, it was in Nackenville just this past week. Boy got out of the truck and they were picking at one another and he just yelled out at a gas station. There was people all ages, youngers and stuff running around this particular gas station and everything. And, and that boy just yells at teenage boy, just go there. I looked right at him. I said, Hoss. I said, listen to what you just said. And he said, what? He said, you just told your friend there to go to hell. I said, you don't know what you condemned him to. He looked at me and he says, what do you mean? I said, look, that's a place where there's fire and the fire don't even consume the things that are in hell, the people that are there. I said there's, there's flesh-eating maggots that are fiery in fire-retardant suits because of the fact that they live there. And I said, and they don't even burn up. They thrive on the heat and the flesh and the stench. And I said, I looked at him, I said, and, and you're a young man. You got your whole life ahead of you. You ain't old like me. And I said, and you're condemning one of you. I said, obviously, your friend, you're riding in the same vehicle together. And you're condemning him to that. Why? I handed him one of our tracks, and the other boy would come up and see why he was talking to me. And I handed him one. And I said, look, I don't know where y'all from. I said, if you're ever in our area, we'd love to have y'all visit our church. I said, but please, hear me. Don't, don't, don't ever say that again. I said, take it out of your vocabulary because you don't know what you're condemning that person to. And so I got it back out there after I got gas and ate my lunch. That I always stop at that particular gas station. It's got plenty of room. I don't bother nobody. And to be quite honest with you, Brother Mike, it got a shady spot there. And nobody parks in it because it's at the very back of the gas station. So I was just waiting to get all this happening at the gas pumps. I just pulled around and got parked. Ate my lunch and cantaloupe was good, bless God. But, you know, the thing of it is, church, I got, that's when I got to think about it. I was going back up 421, back towards Greensboro. I got to thinking about all the different things about what this young boy condemned his friend to. And I'll be honest with you, I had the air conditioner on in the truck. And I, and I started sweating. I got, I, it started, I, I just, I, be, I got overwhelmed. So what I want to do today, the title of the message is The Description of Hell. 
In Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 10 it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So we know that the first thing and the first description is in, is in the passage. We know that the devil, the deceiver, the one that has walked about, throwing his little fiery darts at us, hitting us with all these things, putting all these things in our minds, putting all these doubts in our minds, he is in hell. Why do we know that? It's because of the fact that the Bible says that he is there and was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. All these preachers that are out there with their nice Armani suits and their $10,000 watches and $5,000 shoes that are leading their people all by the multitudes that are preaching a false doctrine, they will be found as a false prophet. If I have to name names, see me after the service and I'll be glad to help you out. But I tell you what, if they're looking at our, our webcast, let me say this. You know who you are. Be warned. Church, this is serious stuff when we start talking about hell. I got this wrote down. Church, in the days of life that we live, there are a lot of people twisted on the thoughts of hell. They got twisted thoughts about it. Oh, hell's okay. It's not as bad as those independent fundamental Baptist preachers that preach out of the King James Bible. Make it out to be. I have you know it is real. It is. And they are twisted in their thoughts about hell. You see the commercials with the people drinking the beer. They're all in their little old skimpy bikinis and stuff. Can't watch TV without seeing the Corona commercials. They're out there having a good time on the beach. They're out there doing all these things. But church, listen to me. It's all false. They get on that beach and you'll notice that all of them are drinking. Why don't they show the drive home? Amen? I told you, Brother Mike, that this wasn't going to be popular. You hear all that you see it on the TV. Look at, look at all the other ones on the TV that are there. Having fun in a restaurant. You see the, all, look at, even in the restaurant, you see the both of them are drinking. My thing is, why don't they show them on the drive home? It's because of the fact that if they showed them on the drive home, they would see the blue lights from where the highway patrol and the county sheriffs have done their job by getting them off of the road. Amen. Amen. That way innocent people can go to work, come home from work, and youngins can go and do what they're doing and they don't get killed by some out, out there that are doing it. You're saying, well, <clears throat> preacher, that's too strong. That will take away money and revenues out of the, our, our area. Well, let me tell you something. There's other ways to make money. Amen? Yeah. This one here is going to hit home too. When I bring this one up, another false prophet out there is all this crowd going out there stealing grandma and grandpa's uh, medications and going out there doping up and getting highs of Georgia Kai and flying up and down the road with all these. And they're, and they're just as bad as the ones that are drinking alcohol. Yeah. 
Amen. I know one grandma down at the house down where we're from, down there, that grandma has to lock and keep a one of them uh, uh, locks that they put on the cabinets inside like Walmart and these places and on her, on her medicine cabinet in the bathroom. Yeah. I bought a can of John Deere tractor green paint, spray paint at Rural Hall Tractor Supply a couple of weeks ago. Saying, well, preacher, I didn't know you had a tractor. Guess what I don't. I, I'm spraying a bench. Well, I was given a cast iron bench. I'm going to put boards on it. And I'm going to paint the metal part John Deere green. I'm going to paint the boards John Deere yellow. It's going to be different. Walked up to the cash register. You know what they said, Sister Betty? Uh, how old are you? Give me your birthday. <laughs> I automatically, I said, hold on a minute. Let me turn. I said, catch me from this side. It's a little bit better. She said, how old are you? I looked at her and I said, 18. <laughs> no, I said 52. She said, when were you born? I said, 65. I said, why? She said, well, you've got to put dates when you buy, buy paint now. I told her, I said, I'm 52 years old and got carded buying spray paint. And I told the people standing in line, I said, y'all just stand there. I got to hear this. That's what I told them. I said, tell me why I'm being guarded. She said, because kids are coming in buying spray paint, spraying it in paper bags, letting it settle, and they're sniffing the fumes. Killing their brain cells. <clears throat> you tell me something, church. In 2017, when I was 12 years old, I was doing carpentry stuff there when people would build, and I would take, I would go buy it at the hardware store myself. This is where we're at. But I'll tell you what you don't see on that Rust-Oleum commercial. You see that piece of metal. And you don't see the runs and you don't see uh, on, uh, that they have on there. And you can say amen right there, but you also don't see the story of that teenager on a stretcher where he sniffed the fumes from Rust-Oleum paint. This is where we are, church. All these things we're saying, well, preacher, what are you talking about? All these things are a form of what the devil has started using and he started twisting the people's thoughts on what hell really is about. So I want to give you some uh, live accounts that are found in the Bible. Take your ink pens out if you, use, if you highlight or whatever and, and use these for future faults and references because church, it's serious business when we start talking about hell. Look at the description of hell given in Luke chapter 16 and verse number 22. This is the rich man. And it's Luke 16, 22 and it says, And it came to pass... That the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. You notice there it says in verse number 22 of Luke chapter 16, it says in the rich man, he was just plainly buried. But look at the description that was given about the, 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 the beggar. He said he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. But look at verse number 23. 
In verse number 23, talking about the beggar, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, with an S, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. I love Brother Larry and all the, all the men of the church. Y'all know my feeling. I, I, I love you men. Because, in fact, men is what, uh, what drive and what carry church. You, and, I, and, I, and I thank y'all. But then when he says that bosom, ain't talking about holding him. You know what that, that means? Stand up before a second, Brother Dan. This is what he's talking about. Shoulder to shoulder with his arm around him is what he's talking about. Thank you, sir. Think about that for a second. Standing there shoulder to shoulder with Abraham. Now think about this for a second. Look at what else is said. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. What does that tell you? We know it's hot because he asked for water. We know that there are torments going on other than the flame. Why? Because it said torments in verse number 23. I think about this. We know that the fire does not consume. How do we know that the fire don't consume? Very simple. If you'll notice... It says in verse number 24, He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. That's, look, hey, even though in your King James Bible it may be read, Jesus is talking, but I'm telling you, it's in the tense that this, this beggar, this rich man that was looking up there was asking that beggar who he didn't want nothing to do with earlier, he was asking him, saying, hey, send him down here to cool me. I'm thirsty. I need some water. It's hot. But also you'll know that this flame don't consume. That rich man was talking to Abraham. Only thing I got wrote down after this, not good church. When people are in hell, people that are, are, are out there on the streets that, that we've got the answer and we hadn't told. Look here, I should be ordering tracks once a month. Because we should be handing them out because to keep people from going to hell. Let me tell you something, church. It's real today. Do you hear me? Hear the cry of your pastor. It's real. Hell's real. Amen. Let's move on. Mark wanted saying, hey, Luke, that's a good, that right there is good. Let me, let me tell you my account. Let me give you my look. Look at Mark chapter 9. But see, Mark gave us his look. Jesus was talking with John. Jesus said, <laughs> did not say once. He didn't say it twice. He said it three times in these verses. I'm not going to read them all, but look at Mark uh, chapter uh, 9 and verse 43. It said, it said here three times in, 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 in the different places there. It says, you ready? It says, if, if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to, to enter into uh, life, talking about eternal life, maimed, 
than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Church. Mark tells us about some more of them torments that, the, that, the, that the, they were talking about over a while ago in Luke. Talks about this worm. Now this worm is a fire retardant worm. It's nothing more than a nasty flesh-eating maggot. That's all it is. And we all know how nasty maggots are. Y'all can say amen. We've all experienced them from one time or another. And you know what comes from maggots? Them nasty flies. Y'all can say, y'all know I'm going here, they're nasty. Down home in the fall of the year, them old black flies, everybody calls house flies down there, they're called dog flies, and they bite you. They hurt. They love getting on your ankles, especially when you're down there on the beach and stuff. Usually come after Labor Day. I want to say this though. This description of what hell is, is not good. Why is it not good? It's because of this church. I read this article the other day. Do y'all realize that in churches, I'm talking about independent fundamental King James churches. Do you realize that they say that over 65% of the congregations that come in and worship and just have themselves a time and glorifying the Lord are lost and are heading there at light speed? It's the truth. I preached a message here not too long ago, religious but lost. And let me tell you something, churches, hey, it's real today. Yeah. It's real. Fire, it's never quenched. I want y'all to get a grasp of this. This means that people are alive. Those people are alive in hell. We're saying, well, preacher, I know that, my, that this person died. I understand that. And I want to make this clarification. What's in the graveyard is nothing but a pile of rotten flesh and some bone. That's all that's there. The soul is not there. The soul is already gone on to its destination. That in the time of the rapture, listen to me. In the time of the rapture, the, them bones and that what flesh is left catch up with the soul. Oh, preacher, I've never heard that before. I don't think you're right on that. I think you all well, just let me correct you. Take your Bible and turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 16 and 17. And that right there where it says, where the dead in Christ rise, that ain't nothing but bone and what little bit of flesh is left. It's going to catch up with the soul. You can say amen, or it may go down to catch up with them. I don't ever where the person is, amen. Amen. This is real today. And this worm, I just went through that. It's a fire retardant maggot that can't be burned up that's there. Amen. Well, let's go over to the book of John. Found in Revelation, chapter number 9 and verse number 2. <gasps> I thought you said the book of John, preacher. I did. Revelation chapter number 9, verse number 2. See, we got to remember 
that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that was pinned down by John on the Isle of Patmos when he was in jail and God come to him and said, Hey, I've got a story I need to give you. Grab your pen and paper. Right now, this is what I'm seeing. Mm. Check out Revelation chapter number 1. That's where it's at. We'll be going through it in a couple of weeks. Do your homework on it, church. I'm, hey, I'm steering you straight. In, in, Re, in, the, in the book of the Revelation, uh, chapter number 9, in verse number 2, you see this account that John gives us. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke out of a, not a small furnace, not a mediocre one, not one that's out there stoked in the yard, no, a great furnace. And the sun and air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. Verse number 3 says, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Done some checking on this. Who in here is six foot tall or over? Okay, got one. Anybody else? Six foot? Can you imagine now a locust the size of Brother Larry standing up? Now we all seen the destruction that a herd of locusts can do when they come swarming. They can, hey, they can devour a cornfield or whatever in a matter of just hours. Now, I've seen first-hand accountants what a man can do to a barbecue plate the size of man of Brother Larry. It weren't pretty what he did yesterday, but he was hungry, bless God. Can you imagine what them locusts that size can do and when we give when we jump over and start looking at them scorpions that are constantly stinging you now we all know that, lo, that, a, that a scorpion is poisonous and if you ain't treated with medicine you die well guess what these, lo, these, these scorpions make you sick there's only one problem you can't die Oh, you want to die. When we get into the study of the book of the Revelation, let me just say this right here. You'll get so miserable and so bad off that you'll ask God to die, and you know what? You can't. Well, this is what's going on in hell right here. We see these giant locusts. We see the smoke that comes out of there. These, these, this, is, this smoke, I wanted to tell you, I've been where there's fires that have burned. A good friend of mine set, on, set a pile of truck tires on fire one night while it was raining in the month of December. Oh, yeah. He didn't realize that two miles away on a 250-foot stack was the EPA at International Paperboard. 
when he set this mountain of tires on fire that rainy December night. They looked over. I don't know their names. Rick, yeah. What do you think that is over yonder, Bill? I don't know, but I tell you what, it sure is a burning. Well, we're getting ready to leave here. They climbed down. Got, walked out all the way out. This is like 11, 12 o'clock at uh, night. You know, I always follow the Arby sign. It'll get to, y'all get that. They followed that orange glow. He got a massive ticket. Because he's burning them truck tires. They could see it even though in the black of night, they could see that black tire smoke just burning. So they called in the fire department to make sure that it wouldn't burn away, but they just said the best thing to do is just let it burn itself out. That's what they had to do. It burned for another day and a half. But here's the thing where I'm going. Look at what this smoke does. This smoke right here says it darkened the skies. That means it's going to be a stenchy place on this earth when this happens. And it's going to be dark. It's going to be stinking because it's going to be smoke. But let's look at another view. Let's look and see what Matthew has to say about it. We looked at John. We looked at Mark. Looked at Luke. Might as well look and see what Matthew's got wrote down. Matthew chapter number 13, verse number 49 says, So shall it be at the end of the world, the angel shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. Verse number 50 says, And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. That shall be, and there, it says, There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So what have we got so far, as far as descriptions? We know it's going to be dark. We know that the fire, we know that the fire does not consume. We also know that it's going to be giant locusts. We also know that it's going to be a darkness to fill the earth because of, fi of smoke. So all these things, we know we got flesh eating maggots. We know we got all these things. And on top of this, now there's going to be some more torments added because we, we noticed that the rich man said that these torments, and he was tormented, this gnashing of teeth is when you you bite down on your teeth so hard and you grind it side to side. Don't really feel good, does it? What do you mean by it? Because it hurts. And that wailing, it's not going to be, <laughs> no, it's not going to be that. That wailing is talking about is moaning. Here's the problem. The fire's burning. It's dark. You can't see who is moaning because of the fact that you can't see them. If, like it was given an analogy yesterday over at the men's conference, we had to black out the windows in here, black them out, cut all the lights off. It'd be dark. Now, we had the air conditioner off, and we decided that even though some are cool, if we had the air conditioner off, it would be highly uncomfortable in here, wouldn't it? Y'all can say amen. Magnify that Friday in here as hot as it was. Magnify that times about five. We don't know. There's no really no record of how hot hell the, the fires of hell really are. We do know that brimstone melts at a little over 2,000 degrees. 
So we really don't know how hot hell is. Because of the fact even the scholars of the Bible, as some of them call to say, they leave it alone because of the fact that they don't know how to gauge the temperature in hell. Let me just say this. If it's hot enough for brimstone to melt, let me tell you something. It's hot. Y'all hear me? And that gnashing of teeth and that wailing and that's all you're going to hear. Oh! Y'all been to the hospitals before you hear somebody, Oh, help me. Oh, help me. Can you imagine hearing that? All the people in hell letting something out like that all the time. The chant of that wailing just continues, just continues, just continues. And you're hearing, oh, oh, oh. All the time you're hearing all these different moanings and all these different things. And all the while the ones that aren't doing that are the ones that are snatching their teeth. And they're moaning at a different sound. Mm, mm, because of the fact they're gnashing the teeth. Church, I'm trying to give you a description of what's going on in hell. Amen. But I want to talk about one thing. It's dark. It's dark. We all seen how quick it got dark in here, even though it was sunshine on Memorial Day when the power went out. Look how quickly, Brother Mike, that day, that the, the temperature was, as soon as the air conditioners went off, it started becoming uncomfortable. I could sense that people were starting to get uncomfortable while Brother Dwayne was preaching. It was time to end the service, to keep people from being that way. Because I got compassion on people. I know how it is to be hot. I'm a big guy. I don't like sweat. But see, here's the thing. Let me say this. In hell, you don't get that option. It stays that way. It's dark. Jude. You hear me. I talk about Jude 22. And if some have compassion, make it a difference. I love that verse of Scripture. Jude. Verse number 13. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their shame. Wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Jude gives his picture of the darkness and a fire that gives no light. A fire that gives no light. If I was to have a cigarette lighter up here right now or one of them little charcoal striker thing of bobbers and I fire it up you can, and hold it up, you can see the flame, right? Now imagine this for a second, church. If you're in a place where it's hot and you know there's fire and you can't see it. I was an international paper when my daddy retired from up there in Regalwood. And they told me, when you're walking through, he said, I'm going to tell you something. He, he said, now, I, had, I was making sales calls. And he told me, he said, now, listen, what I'm telling you. He says, don't worry about the steam you can see. He says, if you hear something go pop and you hear the gush and you don't see it, he said, don't move. Because you ain't burnt. 
He says, just stay put. I thought he was crazy. I was young, newly married. She don't even flinch. <clears throat> and I was out there in the trenches making sales calls out there. International paper. And I'm walking through and all of a sudden, Brother Shelton, my face felt like it was fried. Eyes were watering. I had ruined the shirt. Sinuses were just, you know. I mean, it was terrible. And I'm standing there, can't see. One of the guys come in, but it looked like, I don't know, one of them outer space people grabbed me. said, come on. And I was right there. They took me to the shop. And Daddy says, Lord have mercy. Where in the world have you been? I told him, I said, I don't know. I was that way. And he says, uh, hold on a minute. And he reached in there, and he come out with a clean rag, and it had white vinegar. I'll never forget it. He started just wiping, took my glasses off, started wiping my face, and then I was like, wow, does that feel good. They had a chemical there called white liquor. You can't see it. When you walk into it, you have a chemical. It, the chemical just burns you. I put it like right here, though. I could breathe like I was 17 years old again. My sinuses were clear for about a month. I was like, man. Then I got to thinking about it. And I said, if that stuff you can't see, how bad is the steam that you can't see? It's more than, uh, it's anytime it stings over 1500 PSI, you can't see it. I didn't know that. So see, I remembered that. But a fire that you can't see. A flame burning that you can't see, church. We've got loved ones that we know that aren't saved. We've got family members, we've got friends, we've got acquaintances, we've got co-workers, all these things here. That, that the description that I've given to you this morning is not all of them that's listed in the Bible. These are just some of the highlights here. But can you imagine though being in places and being in a place where where there's people that's moaning at the top of their lungs, they're they're, they're wailing, they're they're just letting all these cries out, and they and on top of it they got flesh-eating maggots that are attacking them, and on top of that they got pain from the fire, and on top of that they're thirsty, they want something to drink, and it just keeps on, and it just keeps on, and it just keeps on all the way through eternity. People are going to be somewhere. The Catholics say that they're going to the good people. They'll just lay over. That's that, that, no. Let me tell you, church. It's true. It's heaven or it's hell, and people decide where they want to go, whether they choose not to go. If they didn't decide, they decided. We saw it on the back of that motorcycle. I'll never forget that that, that sticker on the back of that, that uh, one of them duffel bags. It said, "If you leave this world undecided, you decided." So much truth. And church, I'm here today to tell you that if we've got friends, if we've got family, if we've got co-workers, we need to make sure that they are invited to church and they come in and hear the gospel. If they won't come in and hear the gospel, then bless God, give them the gospel by giving them one of those tracts. You are the only church that some people ever see. Are they coming inside? Only you can decide that. So church, I say this in closing. We have a blessed hope. 
And that is salvation through Jesus Christ. I'm glad that the only flame that I ever feel is not indigestion. It's the one that's burning right here in my heart. I'm so thankful. There's a song that was wrote about it. The only fire I'll ever feel is the one that's burning in my heart. And church, I'm telling you this today. Jeremiah even talks about it. He says that when he, he couldn't preach, it just started blowing up in him like a, like a, a, a burning fire. It's got to get out. I, I know that feeling. But church, I'm telling you today, church, listen to me as lovingly as I possibly can. If you know that somebody that you are acquainted with is not in church and they, are, uh, uh, and they don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is their Savior, I urge you to be that faithful witness. Be, be the man that's found in Matthew 5.41. If they tell you to go a mile, go twain, it says. Now I paraphrased it, but that means go an extra mile. Be that person church that will go the extra mile for that person look if you've already been a mile go one more if you've been two go three just to see what you can do for that person what what can you do you say well i'm not good talking with people well bless god give them a track don't say a word don't don't just just be faithful leave them in the doctor's office leave them at the gas pump Stick them in the grocery store in the beer cartons. Don't worry. They'll call me. They won't call you. I've already got the phone calls. And I told him, I said, whoever who put the track in there, I say, praise the Lord. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, because of the fact you don't need to be drinking that mess. Read the, I said, put the beer down and read the track. Well, I like that. When I buy beer. And I said, well, I don't like you driving on the roads when you buy beer and drink it. Have a good day. Church, be the witness. Amen? You know, we've sang that song before. Maybe we need to sing it again. Maybe we need to start singing it every service until it hits home. I've decided to follow Jesus. And I ain't turning back. The songwriter wrote that second verse for me, Brother Sheldon. Though none go with me, that's fine. I'm still going to follow. That was written for me. That was written to all fundamental independent Baptist preachers that preach the truth, that don't go out there and preach a lie. That's what that second verse was written to. Do you know, church? Do you know? Maybe you're here this morning. And you say to the preacher, I know for a fact, 100%, that I'm saved and I know it. Ain't no doubt about it. I know where I'm going. When this old body quits breathing, I know where I'm going. Great. You got it nailed down. Good. Now let me ask you this. Are you being, are you being that servant that will take the gospel an extra mile to prevent somebody that you know somebody that you love from going to hell? Do you have that burden? Church, I'm here today to tell you, I do. And I'll go ahead and be the first one to tell all of you.
I could do more. I can do more. Even on the job, when I'm at places, I leave tracks. There's tracks strung for all out of Greensboro, up I-40 business, even on exit 6A. There's tracks. There's tracks in Moxville, Hamptonville, North Wilkesboro. I'm leaving tracks. Harmony, leaving tracks. Boneville. Some say Bonville. Every what? Elkin, Mount Airy, Dobson, Cana, Virginia, Arat, Virginia. For those of you that don't pronounce it Arat, Ararat, the way that it's written, every which way, it's fine. What do you mean? Rural Hall, Germanton, Stokesdale, Summerfield, Danville, Pelham. Everywhere I go, there's a track trying to get people. Look, if they don't come here, as long as they go to church, you know what I'm saying? Amen. Right. The track's done its job, but here's my thing. Let's not quit. Look, Brother Buddy Manis just sent me a thousand tracks just the other day. You know what? He, he, when he On his email, he said, don't worry. We can print more. And he signed it in Christ, Brother Buddy. And I thought to myself, don't worry, we can print more. I got to thinking about it. Church, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want you to think about this. What if one of the tracks that's right outside in the vestibule is the last track that's required to be given out. And the Lord Jesus says, that's it. Let's go. Come on home. What if that's the last track? Every head bowed, every eye closed.